This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the first Sky Blues Extra podcast of the 2021-2022 season, which once again is sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by a trio. We've got Dave. Evening. Evening, mate. Dino. Japs, all right. And we've also got Andy. Evening, mate. Evening, lads. It's great to be back, chaps, and thanks again for joining me. Pre-season is nearly over. The signings are mostly all through the door, and we're just a few days away from our first championship game back in Coventry for nearly 10 years. So this evening, we'll be providing a comprehensive review of the season ahead. We'll be looking at everything from pre-season, the kits, the transfers. We'll look at through to the first six games. We'll be talking about formations and much, much more. Um, so, Andy, I'll kick off with you. Um, first of all, how pleased are you that not only will we be able to watch the Sky Blues in person this season, but we'll also be doing that in our in our home city? Yeah, absolutely buzzing, Tom, for that. Um, obviously, I can make it against Wolves on on Sunday, but it was great just to look at everyone's photos on on the Twitter feed. Um, that everyone's buzzing to be back in Cov, and it's just great to be back at the stadium. And um, after we finish the season, I think fairly strong towards the end of last season. Um, I'm really looking forward to this season. And I think with the signings we've made, we've got plenty uh, plenty of joy ahead, I think. I think it's going to be a good season, Tom. Yeah, definitely. And we'll obviously get into those signings in a bit more of the detail mm. later on. But um, Dave, it's going to be great to see fans back, isn't it? How special is that opening day going to be on Sunday? Yeah. Take me home. <laughs> CBS Arena. Doesn't quite doesn't fit, quite, does it? No, it doesn't. But no, it's work amazing. On that one, mate. Ross, Ross would make it work somehow. Yeah, he would. But no, it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, made up for the fans, you know, for it to be back in Coventry. I think we touched on the pod last time about how good it's going to be commercially for a lot of the business around Coventry, um, but also for the football club itself. They're going to get a lot more people through the door um, than they would have at Birmingham. 
And from what we understand, it's a bit of commercial agreement for the club back at the Rico. Um, so I mean, that's going to be absolutely, you know, key um, for, for going forward. But yeah, for the fans, especially, you know, that it's so much better. How grim was it going on the train and, and walking, uh, going past uh, Coventry on the way to Birmingham? So yeah. fantastic. Everyone deserves it. And we just now need to make sure we, we continue where possible the numbers and, and get behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dean, plenty to be positive about. Um, I think one of the things that's probably mixed, uh, had mixed opinions in preseason has been the kit. Obviously, we've only seen the, the home kit so far to the annoyance of uh, quite a few fans on Twitter. Um, but yeah, what have you made of the the kit that, that came out a couple of weeks ago, Dean? I think a lot of people said last season I was very negative on the whole. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off by, you know, a leopard never changes spots. I'm not a massive fan of it, if I'm if I'm particularly honest. So I don't like particularly like the design. Um, I think if you're going to have the Phoenix on there, it needs to be more prominent. And I understand there's certain parameters that you can't have. It, yeah, it needs to be like bold or, or whatever. I, I don't know what it what they are, but for me, it just looks a little bit tacky. I don't know. And you know, does it look like sweat marks to some people? And one one person said it looks like a bra at the top <laughs> half. And I think once you've seen that, you can't really get that out of your mind. To be honest. So yeah, I'm I'm not a particular fan. I think it's probably the the worst of the the three that Hummel have produced for us. You know, they set the bar extremely high over the last couple of years. So I'll let them off with, with one. But there are two things I do like. I like the, the two-tone on the, on the bottom of the sleeve. Mm. That's quite nice. Bit of 90s uh, touch to it. Yeah, and a bit of nod, nod to the heritage of two-tone, obviously, as well. Um, yeah. And I quite like the round neck collar, but that's just a kind of a personal thing because I like to, to wear my shirt over another T-shirt hoodie. So I think it will fit there. I'm hoping that the, the away shirt is going to be going to be something yeah. I can purchase I think with the home shirt my view on it I think we've had kits before that have been very plain and like templates and I think if you're going to have a pattern on it at least it's a you know at least it's a meaningful pattern I suppose that's the one thing you can say for it compared yeah. to some of the plain Nike ones we've had in the past oh yeah we've had some absolute rubbish shopping bags mm. and and the like but um <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I'm just, I just don't I don't like how the design is fitted in with a shirt it just needs to be more prominent for me they've just yeah. set that bar too high though, haven't they almost like yeah. they've just year after year smashed out of the park but look I'm not um, either either or but I, I think they've just Hummel have made so many yeah nice you're right there everyone expects it don't they I think if, if that had come out after a run of like Nike and Puma kits, everyone would be raving about it. But like you say, the bar has been set so high now, it's it's difficult, isn't it, for them? Obviously, rumours of the pink and blue singer's stripe uh, for the away kit has certainly got my attention. And the potential third kit, I've heard some rumours that might be throwing it back to the sort of purple and yellow pony days, oh, which that, that would be amazing. Be I've probably seen Tom on, on the lives last year. Uh, with his with his purple uh, purple them. top and yeah got a bit of inspiration from that but one good thing is the training kit is really nice isn't it that's really really nice and smart yeah and and the, the zip tops are great at, at, the, at the game on Saturday, uh, Sunday against Wolves saw a lot of people in the training kit actually even more than the shirt perhaps so yeah no the, the training kit's gone down really well um, yeah but we look forward to seeing the, the rest of the kits as they get released over the next few weeks um, so chaps let's talk about pre-season um Obviously, you know, preseason's about fitness, isn't it? Mostly, and it's about getting players up to speed, but probably hasn't, you know, yielded the best of results, has it, Dave, really? 
No, but it's been a funny preseason. I mean, last year was, um, and and ultimately that that was pretty awful, wasn't it? Really, I can't remember um, feeling that inspired by last preseason. Um, but I think, you know, with COVID and stuff, it's caused issues again this season with teams having to be split up or not being able to play and players not being able to travel and train. And so we've heard a lot of, you know, those issues that have, have happened, but you know, they got, they got away to Spain, didn't they? Got a bit of sun, bit of vitamin D, um, <laughs> a few Sambucas, I expect, but no, it, that looked like a really, really good training camp from all of the, you know, the content you saw from the club and, and ultimately, you know, they had a real good test against Seville and, 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 you know, I think, I think people came out of, I think people come out of all of the games with with um, something positive. Um, and again, the results, like we say, just don't really matter. Uh, I think it's totally different when they line up against Forest this weekend. Um, that you know, it's, that all goes out of the window. It's more about fitness, and it does seem like you know we've had a better preseason than we would have had last year. Um, and of course, you know, we, we were fine last year. Fitness looked looked fine throughout the season, so I don't see any any issues there at all. Yeah, and there were some positives to take from it. Obviously, getting vital minutes into players like Jody Jones, for example, who is another player who who could feature this season. Um, he's he's someone who could be a really good option off the bench this year, Dean. Absolutely, yeah. But it's important. I don't. I feel like to not get carried away with with Jody. I think we need to sort of give him some time to settle back into you know competitive football, um, especially at a higher level than you know he's ever experienced in his career. Um, and we know from, from you know from experience last season we had lots of players who, who really struggled in this league, um, and you know they didn't spend the last three calendar years on the sidelines. So it's going to be tough for for Jody. Um, but you know he does have talent. There's there's potential there. He's still young. Um, I had no no issues with with offering him a, a, a contract, and it'll be you know exciting to see him how how he how he plays this season. I suspect he might go out and loan at, at some point. Um, but you know if we can get him into the fold at first team level, I think he could be you know a decent asset. Yeah, and as Dave said, you know there's some some encouraging performances during preseason, and the Wolves game was probably the most encouraging of those, Andy. Um, and one of the one of the highlights was was Ben Sheaf's performance, who you know, as a player, had his fair share of criticism last season. Yeah, um, he was outstanding on Sunday. Um, looked like a Premier League player, didn't he? Against yeah. Wolves, he was he was outstanding. It seemed to suit him. Um, I thought last season he started well. Um, he got our Player of the Month, if you remember right, um, at the start of the season. Yeah. He's, but then I think he made a couple of mistakes when he was dwelling on the ball. It seemed to knock his confidence, and um, and obviously when Matty James came in, he he seemed to not feature very often. Um, but obviously with with James not re-signing, there's an opportunity now for Sheaf, and um, I think now he's been bought and he's our player. Um, I think he can settle down and become a top top player for us. Um, and if he plays week in week out, he can get in his groove. And as long as he just moves the ball a bit more quicker than he used to, and um, that would be must because uh, yeah. he was caught dwelling on the ball a couple of times, Tom, last season. And uh, But he's got bags of ability, he's young, and there's a player inside Ben Shee. So um, I think he's uh, one to watch out for this season. Yeah, could be a, could be a real mm. key, key player in that midfield. Um, one of the concerns from yesterday was obviously Bright didn't feature or was supposed to be on the bench and wasn't there supposedly. Mm. And obviously we've heard a few conflicting stories today, but 
Um, I suppose Dean, we just got to hope it's not him up to his old tricks and there was a sort of real reason for him not to be there. Yeah, I think there's some murmurs, you know, about family issues and, and potential close uh, COVID contact too. So, but obviously we don't know the actual full extent of the story. So um, we shouldn't go into it too much, but look, we know, we know about his past. You know, I think really we need to give the guy a little bit of a break, you know, at this stage, you know, he's been back in the UK for what, three weeks since that stint in India. He's got a young family. He was away from the squad for a decent chunk of time as well, training with the under 23s. A lot of players he won't be playing with week in, week out as well. Um, so I think for for the bright situation, let's just see how it progresses. You know, I trust Mark Robbins to to make the call. Um, I don't think he would have been brought back into the fold if he thought he would disrupt disrupt the sort of atmosphere that we've built over the last two to three years. So let's just give the guy a break and just see how it pans out, to be honest. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to discuss the summer transfer business from the Sky Blues. Um, obviously, in our season review, we discussed the players leaving the club. Um, notable departures were Biamu, Baka, McCallum, James and Ostergaard. Obviously, some of those being loan players who were returned to their parent clubs. Um, Andy, were you disappointed that we weren't able to come to an agreement with Matty James, first of all? Yeah, I was, um, Tom. I thought he was uh, absolutely brilliant last season, J-Mo. Um, I thought he came in and did an absolutely superb job. Um, when him and Kelly played together, they looked a real dominant force in the championship. Um, but someone's loss is someone's opportunity, isn't it, Tom? And this is gives Ben Sheaf a, a superb opportunity to to really establish himself in that centre midfield now. Mm. Um, and also, you know, Sheaf is a younger option. Um, J-Mo's not getting any younger is he so um, you know perhaps Robbins thinks it's not too much of a loss and we can play a, put a faith in Ben Sheaf this season yeah it's hard to compete with the wages isn't it the wage demands it, in the championship it, it, uh, yeah massive uh, you know we can't it's simple as that isn't it it's been uh, you know Bristol City have got cash to spend um, they've got more money than wages than us and our budget's very small isn't it but you know um you know, like I say, someone else's loss is someone else's gain. And I think Ben Sheaf, as long as he, you know, plays to his potential, I think he'll be he'll be great this season, Tom. Yeah. And obviously, you know, with those, you know, Ostergaard, McCallum and James having such good seasons last year um, as loan players, Dave, it does make it tricky for Mark Robbins to go out and replace those players, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, we've heard that Robbins has probably been waiting perhaps on on Ostergaard um it seems like wasn't really a long-term target I think I think he would have been hoping that if he wasn't going to be getting into the Brighton fold that we'd be first choice um and of course I'm sure conversations were happening but didn't really know what was happening with the parent club um and but I think that you know I think it's it's quite obvious that that Robbins would have wanted him um you know, back at back at the club if he if he could have on loan or or if he could afford you know to get him in full time. But I'm not sure that you know that's that, that's not something we can come to fruition now. It's it's a it's a real shame because I think he's a really big loss because it's he's very hard to replace. I think out of out of the three, Matty James for me is the hardest to replace, especially now with Kelly injured going into the season. We've not got that sort of experienced older head in the middle of the park that I think just had a calming influence. And and Andy mentioned earlier that, you know, Sheaf, when he played, um, he wasn't in the fold when, when Kelly and, and Jamo were back, but when 
you know, Kelly perhaps wasn't and, and James was there and Sheaf played alongside him. I think he looked a bit more assured um, having that older um, head next to him. But look, we've heard great things in the Wolves game and let's hope he kicks on. A, a season anyway in the Championship is going to put him in really good stead. I mean, before that, he hadn't had that, you know, as much experience. He had a little bit, didn't he, I think, at Doncaster perhaps. Yeah. And, uh, but it wasn't uh, a load. And, and last season, you know, He's, he would have come of age a bit more and, and understand what's made of him. I think Robbins has done what he can um, as much as he can. A lot of the targets, like we we know, will have been highlighted a lot way before this um, season ended, probably. With, with um, but I think he's you know he's had his work cut out. But I think we're going to go on to speak about it. But he's done some good business. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's for the lack of trying. I don't think we need to. Like, we shouldn't forget that we you know we put offers in for certain players and yeah. you know other teams have outbid us and that's just the position yeah. and predicament we're in we're not going into a season like he hasn't tried to replace these players no, he exactly. definitely has <clears throat> but we just in in the position we are in as a club we just can't afford to do it and I don't it's think very we should break odd, the bank it? it's a very difficult um position to be in because we're not we're not big you know we've only just come up from uh league one okay 16th um, I think some players may look at look at that potentially and think, is it is it a bit flattering? Um, would would still probably be thinking that there would be around the bottom this season. So you can only attract a certain type of player, can't you? You know. There's, but then there's even that. there's that. But then there's also the wages, isn't oh, there, Dave? Because yeah, whatever whatever position you finish in, you know, we had came up from League One, a season without any fans. Even if we did have fans, we'd have been at St Andrews. So we didn't have any like the wage budget wasn't I mean I'm surprised we've we, you know we've what are we fourth fourth lowest now like we're creeping our way up and even that's impressive really well, of say. course but that that's that's what makes it so impressive the fact that yeah exactly now because because if the business if the if the club starts to bend over backwards and the checkbook does come out and it doesn't go right and things go wrong we we know what what how we know how that ends up we've seen it um, unfortunately so you've got to say that that you know they're sticking to their guns but they've got to because um, slowly but surely that that bank will continue and if you can stick around for a couple of years it would look a lot more rosier yeah. so I think you know you've got to keep that in the back of your mind um, yeah well if we had, as sad yeah. as it is you know talking about finances of football fans it, it, it's just money makes, makes the world go around and unfortunately makes the EFL league go around and that's that's where we are yeah exactly but you know a season of 20k crowds at the CBS you know 10,000 season tickets and 10k on the gate each week that's certainly going to help the situation isn't it Dave yeah no exactly 100% and that's why it's been so important and that's why it's so good to hear you know that the commercial agreement is is quite beneficial to the club because i think um you know next you know on from this season we'll be in an even much stronger position yeah exactly let's go on and talk about the transfers um one by one um so the first man who we talked about a bit tonight already is is ben chief um came through the door um undisclosed fee from arsenal obviously he was on loan at the sky blues last season um we believe it's been the region of 750k um, it was an obligation to buy, whatever whatever that means. We weren't quite sure of the details. Um, but Mark Robbins' comments, he said he showed great potential at Arsenal, which prompted us to sign him last season, and he reaffirmed that during his loan spell. We're delighted to add him to our squad on a permanent basis, and we look forward to working with him. So, Dean, as far as we know, as I said, it was an obligation to buy. Um, but were you pleased to see Sheaf come through on a permanent deal? Uh, yeah, I think I am, actually. I think he showed real glimpses of, you know, brilliance last year. Um, but just as as um, as alluded to earlier on, just not enough consistency. And I think he came under some uncalled for slack 
last year too. You know, we had tough periods as a team, never mind just Ben Sheaf. And we were maybe too reliant on him at times to perform. Um, I think lots saw that he came from Arsenal and probably expected a little bit too much. But don't forget he was on loan in League One the year before that. You know, the same level as most of our team have have played at. Um, and, you know, I've, I think people are quick to forget that. Certain players in our squad didn't really grasp the level of the championship either. You know, the likes of Shipley and Allen when, when they came up. So I think a year of experience in the championship would have done him the world of good. That's great experience. He knows what to expect now. He would have learned a lot from from seeing Matty James and, and Liam Kelly last year too. Um, and as you know, as we alluded to earlier on, there will be expectation this year, uh, especially with with Kelly missing. But there's a player there, absolutely. There's mm. a player there, and I think we'll start to see the best of him this season, and and potentially have a real asset on our hands. Yeah, what do you think he'll offer us, Dean, in in that midfield? I think he gives us a little bit of control at times. I know, I know, Andy was saying he gets caught on the ball a lot, but I just think he's a bit, of, a bit of a calming influence. He seems to have really good control, and he can pick out the simple pass. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see players in that position always go for the extravagant. I want to see the simple things done well first and foremost. And I think he, I think he does that. Um, but I think that one thing that. He showed at times last year was was going forward, getting himself into those positions just outside the box as well. I, I refer there was a game I think Hamer scored in a game and he was outside the box. He'd taken taken the, the initial shot and, and yeah, Hamer got the follow up. Yeah. Um, I want to see him in those positions a bit more. Maybe he might not get the opportunity to do that as much to begin with because I suspect he'll be playing that anchor role. But uh, I do think he gives us a threat going forward at times as well. And our second signing of the summer was Martin Waghorn, who came through as a free agent. Obviously, he played at Derby last season. Interestingly, they signed him for five million. So, you know, he's a, he's a decent, decent player. Um, obviously, didn't have the best goal scoring record at Derby, but they obviously weren't one of the best teams in the league. So, um, Mark Robbins comments, he said, Martin brings with him undoubted quality and pedigree, as well as much experience in the championship. His versatility, too, will add to the attacking options that we have at the club. And he'll no doubt be an important influence in the dressing room too. Um, Andy, I know you have been raving quite a lot about Waghorn mm. on our page over the last few weeks. Um, for me, it's I think it's just a sign of how far we've come that we've been able to sign someone with you know actual championship pedigree up front. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. I'm massively excited for this signing. I think Waggy will will come in, and I think he's not just a goal he's scorer. Got a nickname he's for him a, already? Oh, absolutely, Waggy. Yeah. I like that, Dean. Well, yourself. Waggers, on the Christmas yeah. card list already. I know. Yeah, he is. He is. He's invited for Christmas dinner. Never mind just yeah, the Christmas card. He's not because he ain't followed us yet. <laughs> when he follows us, he's on the Christmas list. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, but he's not just a goal scorer, Tom. He, he assists as well. Yeah. He's an all-round um, forward. Um, and I'm really excited what he can do this season. And I think he can provide a lot of ammunition for our other strikers he plays with. And I think he'll chip in with over 10 this season as well. Yeah. Technic- technically great, left-footed, can take free kicks outside. Take corners, the- I noticed yesterday as well. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. But yeah. I- he's much better around the area at free kicks. He can bend bend them in top bag if needed. Good provider for other people, and and I'm quite confident I can see him getting over ten this season. I think yeah. it'd be a fantastic signing for us. 
Yeah, did you watch his interview after the Wolves game? It was interesting yeah, I did. what he was saying. He was saying that, you know, he's mm. not just here to score goals himself, but he feels like he can obviously create goals and help other players to score, the, which the, is what we the, need at that. Yeah, the, the word pitch, that came, yeah, absolutely. The word that I came out of that interview, he takes pride in that. That's what mm. he said. He takes in pride that he scores goals and he takes pride in that he wants to assist people as well. So, yeah, um, I think we've got a really good player on our hands and I think yeah. it's a massive, massive upgrade of what we had last season. Yeah, exactly. I think with with players like Jokerez and uh, Walker, that's yeah. exactly what we need, isn't it? Someone Absolutely. up there with them. Big time. And he's proven as well. You know, he's played at some big, big clubs. Rangers, yeah. Derby, Leicester. Ipswich. You know, yeah. Ipswich. They're big, big clubs. So, yeah, I'm quite surprised. He's the biggest now though, hasn't he? Yeah, isn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. He's in a dream team now. He's reached yeah. the pinnacle now, lads. Pinnacle. But no, I think um, I think we, as long as he stays fit, we, we've got an exciting sign in our hands. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Singer's Corner belting out a rendition of Moose T's hit Wag Horny 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 <laughs> Yeah You can yeah. start the chant could be, could be one for the pub that Dino Yeah Definitely it's, it's fantastic Yeah I look forward to you kicking that one off Dean I think I'm going to get Jesus in uh, in block 16 to, to start it off <laughs> Is he still about is he? I'm sure he is Maybe his hair's <laughs> even longer now Yeah Down to the floor um, The next body through the door was, was Simon Moore um, Mark Robbins said Simon is a very good goalkeeper and is a great professional with a top attitude who will strengthen our options in this area he brings great experience too with his time at the Premier League and the Championship under his belt um, Dave I know you personally know Simon from the Isle of Wight because obviously everyone on the Isle of Wight knows each other um, <laughs> what can we expect from him this season Dave? Yeah I think I think this shows this is a sign that shows us that we're you know a championship club now. He's got a really good pedigree from the Premier League and and championship experience with Sheffield United. He was you know he was pivotal um, at Sheffield United when they were uh, promoted and and he'd done a, a massive stint there. So I think he does bring bags of experience, but also brings that that experience of a of a higher level of football. And I think that'll be really good for you know just around around the squad but definitely for Ben Wilson um, and we know how Ben keeps you know people on their toes um, I expect Cy to probably be first choice goalkeeper to be honest um, yeah, he's got the number one shirt so yeah yeah so I, I can't so. you know I think but at the same time I think um, you know it, it, Ben Wilson will, will keep him on his toes um, especially as he fit you know featured a lot last season Um and yeah, I think I think that's the main thing is just the, the experience that he brings from from perhaps you know being around a Sheffield United squad that was you know was, was bags of ability really, um, and you know he's 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 been around the the Championship level for for a long time. Um, obviously, he was at Brentford as well. So yeah, um, but yeah, he's a he's a great lad, lovely lovely lad, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be very good for us. Yeah, and look forward to speaking to him on the pod at some point, Dave, as well. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to try and get him on. But, uh, I love yeah. how you called him Sai as well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sai is the first, you know, personal yeah. terms. Grizo, oh, Grizo with Waggy. It's not as bad as Waggy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know his his nickname, so... Uh, I need to know. get myself one of these football oh, no. best friends. Yeah, well, it's probably, it is Moro, actually, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. But I think one of the things that obviously a few fans were talking about was was whether he was a sort of clear improvement on what what we had. Obviously, Morosi had a very, very good season in League One. Excellent season. Obviously, had a few injury troubles last year and then Wilson had a really good season. So, like, do, do you feel he's a, a sort of genuine improvement on what we had, Dave? It's the pedigree, isn't it, for me? Mm. 
that's that's what it is for me. It's the pedigree. It doesn't mean that he's a better goalkeeper um, as as such, but I think it's he's he's equipped to be a better goalkeeper because he's been around, you know, better better coaching staff probably, um, you know, for a long period of his his career, um, and it, it's just been around that Premiership. I, I just think that 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 adds so much experience. It's it's hard to describe if that makes sense, but I just think that it's pedigree for me, and I think it's a definitely an improvement. And I think it shows that you know that because Simon was was interested in coming to us, and, and he, he mentioned that when he when he spoke to Mark Robbins, that I think you know that does show that although he's a f- sort of free agent, it shows us that we're starting to be in the hunt for those sort of players. And I think yeah. Waghorn's the same, to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure I ever saw us getting like a waghorn through the door. And although it's, you know, twilight in his career, um, it's uh, it, it's another one for me that just speaks that we're we're now a championship club. We yeah. wouldn't have been attracting these players in, you know, in, in League One. Um, and we were struggling to do that last season. We had to go and get gems from, you know, like Hamer and stuff. So I, I think it's the pedigree for me. And I think that will, is experience and being around a, uh, you know, a really good outfit of, of Sheffield United will will, will really help um, that in the you know coming in, into the fold. I think. Just to make a comment, Morosi never recovered from that injury, did he? No. Confidence-wise, no, did I, he? I, I think he, he that. Yeah, I think you're right. He, he did struggle, and and that's probably why Ben, you know, jostled him yeah. out of the, the the shirt for the remainder of the season. Mm. Um, and I think that you know, I think Mar- Robbins probably knew that Morosi was probably going to be. You know, it, it wasn't what he was going to need this season, and he's had yeah. to go out and get something. And again, we're, we're hunting in a certain market, aren't we? And I think that I think it's a really good sign that someone with really good experience, um, but also someone that wants to prove themselves. You know, Simon spent a lot of time on the bench at Sheffield yeah. United. Um, he did. But at the same time, you know, when you're training every day with um, the chap from Man United, Dean. Um, sorry, Henderson. Henderson. Sorry, yeah. Showing my, Hendo. showing that I not, don't focus not any, Dean, anything. And not Dean Atkinson. I'm not a goalie. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> Rowan. Um, but no, I, I'm showing my thing there because championship football, and I don't spend a lot of time watching the Premiership. But yeah, I think you, you know you're training with with the likes of that. I think it's um, you're certainly going to be picking up a few things. Another familiar face through the door came in the form of Victor Jokeres. Um, he arrived on undisclosed fee from Brighton, thought to be in the region of around a million pounds. Um, Mark Robbins said Victor is a talented striker with good power, pace and movement and great potential. He showed a terrific attitude when he was with us on loan last season and made a real impression. He showed great improvement and development from the start of his time to the end of his loan and grew in confidence. And we hope that he'll continue to show the same improvement and desire now we've made it a permanent member of the squad. Um, so Vic, yeah, Vic's a player we gave a lot of praise to on our pod towards mm-hmm. the end of last season. Um, he did offer a lot and he obviously scored that brilliant winner away at Stoke to, that pretty much made us safe at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how pleased are you with this signing, Andy? Yeah, very pleased. I said, I think the, probably the last post pod we had, I said that it'd be a good signing um, if we can get him through the door. And I think what your comment just now, Tom, is that is um, how he's improved gradually um, from when he came through the door and to the end of the season, got him a contract because I think at the start he was raw, um, but you could see the improvement in him every time he played. He's technically good. He holds the ball up well, can make chances for himself and can score the odd goal. So, and I think always as a football club, you've always got to look to improve, haven't you? And I think... 
Max and Baca, um, he's a better option for me. He's a better player, better technically player. And I think he can score more goals. Plus, he's a great age as well, yeah. isn't he, Tom? Yeah, he's young, isn't he? You know, he? he's got so much potential. And I think that's why uh, Robbins has signed him, because of his potential. He's seen when he came through the door how he played and how much better he got throughout this, the season he with us. So I think there's more to come from Vic. And, um, yeah, I think that's a great signing. Yeah, I think if he if he improves at the rate he did last season, we'll have could have some player on our hands, couldn't we, this season? Yeah, and if he gets an early goal and gets his confidence up, yeah, yeah I think him and you know him and Waggy and or Waghorn or Waggy can certainly uh, provide a, a partnership because Tyler Walker at the moment is looking breath of confidence, shall we say? Yeah. Do you think yeah. you look at the players that have gone out in that position and mm. the players that have come in, and, it's, and you can, it's a Exactly. It's a, it's a vast, vast improvement, isn't it? And oh, I think what, what Vic gives you is that when he works that line and hunts, mm. you know, hunts the ball down, he does it with pace and power. And I'm, I think, you know, in fairness to the other two lads, they probably didn't do that. You probably had Backer that was quite pacey, um, yeah. but didn't win the ball. And you had Biamu that probably was a bit slower, but got stronger mm. towards the end. So it was, you didn't really have, but he, he sort of possesses both, I think. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. And I think, you know, I think he's played for Sweden as well, hasn't he? So, you know, he's even got international experience. So, no, definitely upgrade to what we've got. Um, felt a little bit sorry for Max. I thought he always did a decent job for us. Um, but, and also he was, you know, brilliant with the fans. But unfortunately, you can't be sentimental in this in this game. You have to move on. And if you try, if you can improve, you always try to do it, don't you? Yeah. And our fifth signing of the summer um, was Bright and Bakari. Obviously, came in as a free agent. Another, another familiar face to the Sky Blues fans. Um, Mark Robbins' comments: He said, "We're very pleased to welcome Bright back to Coventry City. Bright is a very talented footballer, has the ability to turn a game and create opportunities and goals out of nothing." So we'd probably have to call this the wild card. Wild, I can't even say it now. The wild card signing of the summer, Dean. Um, but if the gamble pays off, it could be a good one. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Oh, mate, I am super excited about right back. You know, you look at last season, most times on this podcast, we asked for two things, didn't we? One was experience, and we've got that now with Waghorn coming in. And the second was that bit of an X factor, you know, that plan B. And that's what Bright's going to bring to this team. You know, we mentioned earlier slightly issues with him off the pitch. You know, that may hamper proceeding so it's, it is a gamble but on the pitch just undeniable talent you know such an exciting player one that's going to get bombs off seats mm. you know brilliant skill control power pace he actually has it all in the locker and you, you know we saw that in bucket loads during that little stint with us in in 2019 and I'm going to put it out there I think he comes into the championship immediately as one of the most talented players in the division it's just about harnessing that incredible yeah. potential and that ability. And mate, you know, I've I, honestly, I've got a little bit of a semi on just thinking about that potential <laughs> link up between him and O'Hare. Honestly, it's incredible. Intricate plays through the lines, through balls, triangles. Oh, I'm so excited. Mate. Robin's Tiki Taka is back on the menu, lads. Yeah. I suppose there's probably no better manager than Robin's as well to, to kind of, like you say, to harness that talent and to keep him on track. I think that's obviously the key here, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all you hear is, you know, 
good stuff about Mark Robbins from every single player, you know, how the manager has an overriding influence on the team. And that's all you can ask for. Um, and he's, you know, we know Mark from, you know, what he says in the, in the press and he always speaks from the heart and, and that's what he needs to do. He needs to, to get bright by sort of his heartstrings and, and just get him playing. I'm sure he can control him to be honest. And yeah, I think he's the perfect manager to, to sort of harness him, his potential. Yeah. Can you see him being ch- sort of straight in Dean or is it going to be a bit of like the Jody Jones situation where he might sort of take a little bit of time and could be more of an impact player off the bench maybe initially? I think, yeah, that'll be right. Um, I think he's uh, a few weeks behind everybody else as well, fitness-wise. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time to settle in. And I think you're right there. Yeah, he will sort of come into the fold maybe as a second-half substitute. But I think further down the line, you definitely could see him and O'Hare either playing together or, you know, swapping from from game to game, um, which is good because yeah. you look at O'Hare last season, there was a lot of times he was, you know, out on his heels, wasn't he, most of the time? Yeah, um, he must know, have played almost every minute last year. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and, you know, we relied on him too much, but we don't have to rely on him so much next season, I don't think, if we've, if we've got Bright playing as well as we, we know he can. Mm. And the Skybee's most recent signing uh, came in just last week. Ian Matson uh, came in from Chelsea on loan. Obviously, he had a spell at, uh, at Charlton last season as well. Um, Mark Robbins said he's a very exciting player. He's very good in possession, has great energy going forward too. It'll fit very well in the way we play at Coventry City. Um, Dave, this looks like a really tidy signing, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know massive amounts about him. I, like all of us, I've watched the um, the show reel. That Which is why we out. pretend we know everything about him. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> No, you know, I've looked at what he did at Charlton. Obviously, did you know had had a lot of games there, and and from what what you read from Charlton fans when they when we signed him, it was like you know you've got yourself a player there. He's really good, um, and it looked you know like we said we saw in the show where he gets forward and he crosses, and it, you know I think he's going to be a very similar player to McCallum, but I think he's probably going to be better. Um, he's going to be as athletic, um, and he looks like he's got a really good final ball. So I think. I think he's going to be really key, and I think that we'll we'll soon find out that he's you know he's a very very good player. Hopefully, um, but it looks to me like a, a cracking signing because I think it's a really difficult position to fill. Um, there's only so many type. I mean, don't get me wrong; everyone kind of plays with wing backs now, but it is it is a difficult position to fill. Um, and with McCallum going out, that was one of the, you know, the big issues that I think we had. And it looks like we've solved that now. So, you know, yeah. kudos to Robbins and the team for, for you know, working through that. And they probably knew it was in the wings. And I'm sure AD had some um, words of encouragement uh, to make that happen as well. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like exactly what we were, you know, it looks like we're replacing like with like. And that's that's really, really important because of the way that we play. Yeah, definitely. I think, as you said, really encouraging to see all the Charlton fans saying, you know, oh, shame we couldn't sign him for another season and stuff like that. But even saw a few Chelsea fans saying that he, he ought to have a look in on the Chelsea team. So, you know, when you read stuff like that on online, it's, you know, you know, you've probably got a pretty good player on your hands. Yeah, you're looking at prime, prime, prime player, hopefully. And um, I'm sure he'll he'll deliver that. But yeah, yeah. I'm surprised at his, um, his height. He's quite a short player, isn't he? Yeah, um, 
I, not a bad I thing know. for his position. But. <laughs> I don't know. I, from, a, from a quick review of who scored.com, I, I didn't didn't focus too much on his height. I was more looking at his Charlton, um, you know, his career at Charlton. But I, like you say, I think he's going to be a very, you know, zippy player. It, it, when you've grown up playing at Chelsea, right, you, you know, you've been honed. Same way that we've spoke about Ben Sheaf. You don't, you do not go through the academy at Arsenal without being able to play, you know, quick one-touch football. And Sheaf shows that in in so many times where he can spray the ball around and um, and play nice little intricate passes. And he and he does it quickly. He doesn't dwell on the ball. And I think some of the players that we had in League One, perhaps like your your Allens and and Shippers, perhaps don't play with that that speed. Um, and that's for me when sort of Sheaf stands out. And I think this 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 lad will be the same. I think, you you know, you grow up playing football at that, at that level and in that environment, you're going to be playing very, you know, fast uh, one-touch football and that will suit us really, really well. Yeah. Andy, what positions do you think we're lacking in? Where do we need to, to bring a few more bodies in? Centre-half and centre-midfield uh, just to pad those areas out. Um, maybe a left wing-back as well to obviously cover Matteson. Yeah, we've got Josh Reed. is he? Yeah, I don't know too much about Josh. Um, I know that, I don't know whether he'll play under 23s this year or yeah. or he'll look to, you know, push him into the first team. It depends on that, doesn't it? Because obviously Mason's going, isn't he? Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, so I, they're the three positions I'll be looking to pad out if I was yeah. Robbins before the start of the season. Dean, any thoughts on that? Where we need to add? Uh, not particularly. I think, as Andy said, those are three key positions for me. I've, I've kind of sort of, I think of us as a, a slice of Swiss cheese. You know, it's, it's quite full-bodied, but there's still certain holes there. You know, in areas Great that analogy, you, Dean. that you think we we need to fill. So definitely need a centre half, hundred um, percent. I think well, we're talking we're... about a Melbeck for a minute there. Pour myself a glass. <laughs> I'll have one as well. Um, I needed to put over you three. Um, oh, that's a bit harsh, sorry. Um, but yeah, centre-half is an absolute must before the start of the season. Um, hopefully that's the long-term target, target Robbins is, is after. I know there's, you know, Martin Craney's been involved. I think he'll add to the experience, but sort of mm. long-term, I don't think he is the one I want to be looking at. Um, that Papa Soir as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's an interesting the, one, isn't he? He's been out of the game for a long time, though, Tom. I, 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 yeah. The championships are very, you know, very different beast to what he he has played played in before. You know, it's 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 long. It's a hard, tough season. Calendar, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure he he could survive that, to be honest. Um, and you'd probably be reliant on him quite quite a bit as well with with our injury record. Um, so uh, I've got question marks over those those two. I wouldn't be against getting those on sort of short-term deals, maybe till January. Um, yeah. And then we, we reassess in January um, and see who's available then. But yeah, uh, we have, we have got a big hole at centre half, centre mid and, and left back. Yeah. So assuming everyone is fit, Dave, how are you setting up this team? Well, if, um, you know, if the, if what we're seeing is going to happen, Craney and stuff, it's going to look like a testimonial side, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is, isn't it? But, you know... We're getting a game soon. Um, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I think um, I think they'll start and go with more. I think uh, Fads will, will obviously be in there and Rosenheim. I don't see what else you can do with what we know at this moment in time. Um, 
you know, Dabo and, and Matson, um, Sheaf, Kelly, if, if everyone was, was fully fit, that would be my middle middle two. And then Hamer and O'Hare, O'Hare sat behind uh, Waggy, I think, would be, feels to me like the strongest side um, we could probably put out, really. But I, I totally agree with what the lads have said. It's it, we're looking a bit weak in at the back, aren't we? Um, yeah. Fads, I mean, Fads surprised everyone in, uh, last season, and, and I think he had a fantastic season. It's just a very, very long fixture list um, and calendar, and and you know, cycle of games, and and that would be my only worry. Plus his disciplinary record. Um, mm. If you know, if that comes to the fore, then you, you're suddenly looking at Rose Hyam in a I don't know, a youngster, I suppose, are you? Drysdale, isn't it? That's that's the, mm, the next yeah. the next one. And yeah. potentially Burroughs, you know, yeah. or Pask, you know, and you hear Pask might be out the door. So Yeah. And then that, that yeah. just that that would have some big concerns with me with with so Simon as a relative new to the squad. I'm sure, you know, they all but they won't have been talking as much as you, you know what Ben Wilson and Morosi would have been with Rose and Hyam the season before. And I'm not sure they command the line as well as you'd want. Um, they always look a little bit lost without fads. So, yeah, that would be a, it's a big concern, I think. Um, but that would be the strongest side, I think, on paper that we could mm. we could field right now, this moment, without anyone else coming through the door. Yeah, would you go similar, Dean? Presumably, you try and get Bright in there somewhere. Yeah, I would, but you know, not to, not to begin with. Um, I think it, I think Dave's got it pretty much bang on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a start with four at the back, just because of the lack of centre backs. Um mm. I don't think he's going to put much trust in in Drysdale um unless he has a really good game in the cup because I suspect he'll play in the cup. So would that be the two wing backs then and Fads and Hyam? Fads and Hyam or or yeah. or, or Rose and Hyam. I can't yeah. see Robbins going away from three of the back. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's how he wants to play, but I don't no. think he might have a choice. Yeah, really. I agree with I mean Dean. you'd like he's to really get You'd like to think he'd get, he'll get a centre-half in this week, right? I yeah, mean, I Craney, think so. Craney supposedly is asking for a two-year deal and we're pushing back for a one-year deal. So you'd imagine something he'll give there mm. um, with, a, with a few days to go for the season. So yeah, I, I think we'll have a body in by Sunday. I do as well. I agree. Um, is, is Craney the answer, Tom? I mean, you saw him, <clears throat> sim, saw him play. I've, I've not. I've, I've not I mean, he's, uh, for a very long time. <laughs> I mean, he's, um, he's solid. He's a solid player and, you know, he's got experience. And in the defence, what what are we after? We're after experience and leaders, yeah. aren't we? I mean, yeah. that's He was good at Luton last. Luton wanted to keep yeah. him. So yeah. It'd you be know, worth it. You're not going to get a prime... It's just you know, the legs, isn't it, for me? Yeah. Championship, you come up against some absolute ballers. We lack pace massively mm. at the back. Yeah. Yeah, Ostergaard was able to cover that last yeah, year. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. Even Rose doesn't have that much pace. No. Um, and I hate to oh, say oh. it, but Jordan Thompson had some pace. <laughs> got rid of no. Dean, let it go, man. <laughs> let it go, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I'm only joking. Somewhere um, in the world, the smallest violin is playing. <laughs> but yeah, I am. Um, uh, it's just, it's just so. It's, it's a, it's going to be a rough time at the back. I think it's going to be a case. For, for long periods of this season we're going to need to score one more goal than your opposition yeah I know you have to do that anyway in football generally but <laughs> you know what I mean they're probably going to score two so Dean, we need to give score three just a quick understanding of how football yeah. works so it's Mike 11 Owen versus 11 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 going to be a difficult period Um, but it's 
Whereas last season, I think we had options at the back. We don't have that now. We didn't have options at the top and we've got that now. It's kind of the reversal of, yeah. of last year. But but who we are and where we are in the league, you, it, I, I feel a bit more concerned with that. Does that make sense? Like up the top end, it, it's, you know, you're not scoring goals and yeah, of course you need to, but we, we were ha- having players chip in and Ostergaard and stuff are scoring headers. At the back end, it, it just for me is a bit of a concern. It just worries me that we've not got that much depth and it's only a few injuries away of fielding a really young back four, aren't we? I think that's the state of a lot of teams this season, though. The yeah. defences are not great in this division this season. They just they don't seem to be from from my my research. It seems to be a lot of emphasis put on attack. Uh, so we, you know, it could be a very very exciting year with lots yeah, of goals and, and chances created. But we we just need to be on the right end, right yeah. end of those. Could be, could be a load of five fours like the Sunderland game. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to move on and talk about the rest of the championship and who we can be looking out for in the rest of the division. Uh, Dean, I know you've spent some time studying some of the other teams and what they've been up to. Um, we know, obviously, from our side, it's been a, a tricky summer, a trickier summer normal for recruitment. Um, has that been the same for the other clubs as well? Pretty much, Tom. Yeah, it's um, it's been a, it's been a strange um, preseason. Um, lots of clubs trimming down squads. You can see there's a real lack of cash available. Um, I don't think you know people. Ex- many teams expect to be in the position they're in in regards to finances. I don't think they really, truly believe what was happening until you know they've they've looked at their their spreadsheets this off season and, and you know wages have gone down across the board. Uh, people are not spending the amount of money that they have done in, in, in usual uh, off-season. So, it's you know, we spoke about our troubles, but lots of other teams are in the are in the same predicament. Um, probably probably a good thing in a way, isn't it? A little bit, just to sort of reset things, because it was getting a bit silly, wasn't it? A couple yeah, of years abs- ago. absolutely. I think it's, it's still going to, it's going to be this way for the next three to five years until finances are, are in a better position. There's a lot of clubs in, in real deep, deep financial trouble. We'll, we'll speak about one in a little bit more detail later on. But, um it's 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 strange to say, but we're in actually quite a, a decent position compared to, yeah. to other clubs. You know, other than Fulham, they spent a ridiculous amount of money on on Harry Wilson, obviously twelve million pounds. But I think for the other twenty three teams in this division, I I I, I don't think they've spent more than fifteen million pound between mm. us, which is crazy to think that in yeah. the championship. Um, lots of teams have got more outgoings than than incomings as well. So. Um, if you thought last season was weird, I think this season's about to be a little bit weirder. Yeah, but nice that it's sort of nice if it's leveled the playing field a little bit. Obviously, like you say, it might might benefit us. We've definitely come in at the perfect time, that's for sure. Yeah. So, who, who can we expect to be the surprise package then this year, Dean? I fancy QPR to be the the surprise package in the league. Um, I think they've got real talent in in all areas of the pitch. They're one of the clubs who I think have recruited well. Um, one of the only teams to spend actually quite a bit of money. They brought in Sam Field and, and Andre Dozel, who are young players, but they're very talented. They've also managed to to extend Stefan Johansson's deal from Fulham and to to a permanent deal. He was a he, he was absolute class towards the end of the season. Um, add to that Charlie Austin, you know he seems really at home at, at QPR and, and a goal scoring threat. Um, let's let's be honest about that. And they've still got Ilya Ilya Share, who I've 
I potentially thought one of the promoter teams last season would have took a, yeah. a gamble on him. He's a real game changer. Uh, probably for me, one of the top five players in the league last season. Um, so, you know, he's one, he's one to look out for. In terms of what can they achieve? Um, I think with the strength of the relegated sides and, and Bournemouth still in, in this division, it might be a too tough a task for them to sort of hit the automatics, but they might go close and I think they'll be a nailed on playoff team. Mm. Interesting. Obviously, looking towards the the potential strugglers, um, we've heard a lot about Derby. Obviously, they they're in real trouble. Can we expect them to be in the bottom three this season? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think betting is pretty much suspended on them being relegated as well, which shows you. I mean, there's there's not not many times the the buggies get it wrong. Let's be honest. So that shows you the sort of state they're in. Um, if if you think our our troubles have been bad the last ten years, I mean you 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 got to take a look at Derby. It's probably hard to think of another club, maybe other than Wigan and, and Bolton, really in recent memory, who have been in this kind of position. Mm, but they were in the playoffs spot only a couple of years ago, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, and they you know they had, they had a really really talented squad at that point, mm, um, no, but now they're not. in absolute turmoil. You know they were lucky to survive last year as well. Let's let's not forget that they've lost the the vast majority of their team. They've only got nine contracted first-team players, which is just absolutely bonkers. Um, one of those being Christian Bielek, who is absolutely hampered with injury. Um, he's got a real setback, which is which is a big loss because he's one of the top performers in this division too. And let's not forget Jason Knight, who was bizarrely taken out by Wayne Rooney in training. Yeah, what's I mean, that? He's going to he's gonna have to lace up his boots, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't make it up. You know? I can honestly see him coming back. I'm not joking. I mean, I'm you not might sure. have to. I'm not joking. I could honestly see it. Keep them out of women's uh, not, uh, <laughs> the hotel rooms, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even know his name. That was that was the funniest, yeah. uh, but they, funniest part of it. They haven't even sold any season tickets either, have they, Dean? Nope. And they said it. Do they blame it on COVID or something, or yeah. some weird excuse? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just an absolute turmoil. You know, um, they're under a transfer embargo as well, so yeah. they're incredibly limited to what they can do. <laughs> wow. They can only make three or four signings. I think they have to either be a loan or free transfer, but there's certain terms and conditions to those to those signings too. We'd be right in that position then, because that's all we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I think back to you know when we faced Bolton a couple of years ago. And yeah, the they had they're pretty much the the kids out. Um, this is going to be the same same mm. issue for their squad's going to be um, made up of, of plenty of youth players. And, and one thing that are they a club that have really focused on youth either. I don't. I'm not sure they're massively renowned, are they, for bringing youth talent through? No, the only, Louis Sibley is probably the the shining light in that team, and he was brought through through the youth team. Uh, and what a what a turnout for the books Tom Lawrence is is having. He's now club captain. A couple of years ago, they're trying to get rid of him after that that crash. It's, yeah. you know, what a change, what a change for him. Um, and I, I think actually one of the biggest things for, for Derby, don't want to turn this into a Derby podcast, but um, they've got a suspended three-point deduction as well, sort of hanging over them in regards to, to not playing pay, player wages. So if that happens again, then they're going to get the three points. Plus you'd, you'd imagine further sanctions would also, would mm. also follow that. So, Look, we don't we don't like to see anybody in that position. Of course, you know, we've been in our predicaments in the past. Yeah. And we've had our issues. But you know, for me, this pretty much takes the relegation scrap down to two places, which yeah. which is a good thing for our club. But it strikes me that, you know, years of overspending and all the the, the crazy stuff that's been going on, it's now like, you know, 
at least one team a season are almost guaranteed to be relegated. It was obviously Sheffield Wednesday last year, Derby this year. There's probably going to be one next year. And I suppose we're going to see that for the next few years now, the effects of all that. Yeah, and they, they all seem to be coming from from what, you know, from from directors and, yeah. and owners, didn't they, as well? Um, which is, you have to say, you know, be careful what you wish for, don't you? Because yeah. we, we're building a quite an interesting, to from, from the outside to watch in, a quite an interesting model. Um, not one that a lot of clubs have followed and, and certainly looks like it's coming back to bite them on the, the bum a little bit. Sorry, Dean. No, no, you, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I think Tom hit the nail on the head there. This is Derby not going to be the first club in this predicament. There's going to be potentially two or three clubs this season that are going to be hitting real financial trouble, especially when it comes to January. And, you know, if the likes, I'm going to say the likes of Huddersfield and Preston, for example, and Reading, Reading, Reading are in the, real the transfer trouble, yeah. embargo as well, you know, net losses of, of nearly £100 million over two seasons. How how do you get in that that situation absolutely ridiculous so yeah. those three teams you they're you know everybody i've looked at predictions from you know from different podcasts and and betting companies etc they've got those three teams i've just mentioned in and amongst the play, the, the relegation zone so come to january if they're in and amongst that that zone you, you you generally want to strengthen to try and get yourself out of it they're not going to be in a position to do that and it's going to be a long line of teams that are going to be in this position mm. Interesting stuff. Um, and looking at ourselves again, obviously the primary objective has to be to survive again this season. Um, yeah, you've mentioned those three there, but what other sides do you think we can definitely finish above this season, Dean? I think the three promoted sides, you know, we know how difficult it is to stay in this division. We scrapped two for nail last season um, yeah. to, to do that. So Peterborough, Hull and Blackpool for me, I think will be in and amongst the, the, the relegation zone. You look at their recruitment, okay, they've recruited pretty well, um, but it's more kind of League One recruitment rather than championship. You know, you need to add quality to those squads that you've got. I don't think they've done that too much. Um, Peter's case, they've they've signed some some decent players. I think George Grant is one that we probably should have looked at ourselves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I would suggest that those incomings don't really have the championship experience or quality to keep them clear of relegation. Oh, um, he does though, doesn't he, Dean? Mario, Mario for Peterborough. Yeah, he's got he's got experience, obviously. Um, yeah. But you know, you need more than just the one player in this division. I think you need two or three yeah. who've, who've you know sort of got a stranglehold yeah. um, on the division to, to to steer clear of trouble. I think a lot of tipped Hall to do well, but I just can't see that personally. I, I think they're you know they've got attacking threat. Of course, they have in you know George Honeyman's a really good player. But I think defensively, all three of these teams defensively is going to be their downfall. They're one, aren't they, of the bookies? So they, the, the bookies obviously don't share those those sentiments that perhaps you know the internet's saying. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't see where where they're getting getting Hall to do well from. If I'm if I'm honest, mm. um, I've mentioned a couple of them. Preston and Huddersfield, I think they're going to be in the mix too. Preston have been punching well above their weight for a few years now. I think live. They're kind of living off past glories of what seemed to be a consistent playoff chase. Um, I think in midfield they've got good options, but again, either end of the pitch, I don't think they've got much kind of still relying on Scott Sinclair's creativity. His output has kind of dropped over the years too. And in Huddersfield's case, I mean, they were lucky again, like Derby, to, to sort of get away with relegation last year. 
they run on some barren runs at times. You know, I think they were probably the, the second or third most goals conceded to. Um, Incomings bang average, you know, Jordan Rhodes, perhaps the most profile, and Matty Pearson to try and sort of solidify that back line, but no real improvement on both those teams so, uh, on last mm. year. Obviously, looking towards the top of the league, um, who would you expect to be shooting for promotion? You, you'd, you obviously mentioned Fulham. You'd be looking at West Brom as well, or be strong. You've also got Sheffield United. Who are the sort of the teams that you'd expect to, to be looking to get out of the division the other way? Yeah, I think those are the three standouts for me, uh, mainly due to the financial power yeah. that those three teams have got. I mean, you look at the squads, they're, they're built for you know promotion challenges from Championship and kind of low-end Premier League squads. Uh, so I'd imagine those three to be challenging for honours. Um, Bournemouth as well. Yeah, they've generally kept the, the most of their squad too. They got obviously still some really really talented players. Um, I think they've. When you come down for the Premier League, you generally got two or three seasons to get yourself back up. So the financial uh, worries are not are not there. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, do or die for them this year, Bournemouth. So I expect them to to go all out, and they've got Scott Parker in there in charge now. He knows what it took took to get Fulham out of this division a couple of years ago. So I think that was a good signing for them. Um, so I'd expect them to be challenging, and I'm going to chuck in Cardiff City as well. Um, mm, I think signing James Collins was a real coup for them. He knows how to score goals in this division. They've got some real creativity as well. Um, you know, lots of. Championship experience as well in, in Sean Morrison and, and Kiefer Moore played well last year as well. So I expect them 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 to do well this season. Obviously, they brought in Wild Jars as well, who we know mm, um, interesting one, that, pretty yeah. well. So I think uh, Cardiff are, are kind of a dark horse for me. Mm, interesting stuff. Um, Andy, any concerns for you about the Sky Blue staying up this, this season? No, none at all, Tom. Uh, to answer your question... Um, I think we've got more than enough going forward to stay in this division. I think we're more experienced uh, as well. Now, a lot of the players have played a season in the Championship because a lot of people were new to it last season. So, no, I have no problem. I think we'll finish. I'm not going to give you my prediction yet because that's for later. But no, uh, I think we'll be (laughs) fine. (laughs) And Dave, if everything was to click and Bright's firing on all cylinders, could we look a little bit higher or are you just happy to sort of stay in the division again? Possibly. Looking a little bit higher. I wouldn't be aiming mass massively much higher. I think we probably overachieved a little bit last season. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, I think we threw a lot of games away um, and actually could have been much higher, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't. But yeah, so I think there's a potential for us to. Um, it just de- sounds silly, but it just depends how the season plays out. I think, you know, we hit we hit uh, form at the end of the season last year, and, and we were just, you know, on this roll that people just couldn't knock us out of our stride. Um, and if we can get on a few of those, then then definitely, yeah. Let's move on and talk about our well, do our quick fire questions. Um, so yeah, I'm going to fire a few of these at you lads. I've got about 10 of these. Um, you don't need to give an explanation, just your answer. Um, we'll start with the Sky Blues top goal scorer, Andy. Waggy. Dave. Waggy. Dean. Wag dog millionaire. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to come up with a different nickname for him for each one, but no. Um, best, best signing, Andy. 
Waggy. <laughs> Dave. Waggy. Dean. Right. And so you can't say Waggy for every answer, lads. <laughs> um, signing that will let us down, Andy. Sigh more. Ooh, Dave. Tough one, isn't it? Um, could be bright with his... Could be bright for best signing and signing all that time, couldn't it? <laughs> for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me, it could be bright with, with, if 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 it reoccurs of what happened off the pitch. But Yeah. Dean? I don't think he'll let us down, but I'm going to go for Giocarez. Oh, interesting one. Interesting one. Uh, breakthrough player, Andy? Eccles, when he comes back, fit. Dave? I think this Mateson could, uh, you know, not for us, but I think this Mateson could show that he's a, a real baller. Breakthrough player from the under-23s. I think I think Burrow, oh, well, he's he senior, but Burrows will probably be thrown in a bit more uh, this season, I think, especially in some of the cup games. Dean? Jordan Thompson. Oh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Eccles. After this pod, Dean, you can't mention him ever again. Okay, mate. We'll, we'll start handing out fines. <laughs> yeah, can we do fines for Waggy as well, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, league position at the end of the season, Andy? 12th. Dave? 15th. 15th. Dean? 17th. Nice. Um, average attendance, Andy? 14k. Dave? Bit more, about 15 and a half. Dean? 17. Nice. Uh, away day you're most looking forward to, Andy? Bournemouth. Dave? Full ham. <laughs> Team? Fulham or Peterborough. Ooh. Uh, home game you're most looking forward to, Andy? First game of the season against Forest. Dave? Jinx. Ditto. Forest at home. Sheffield United, because I think we've got some weird rivalry with them now. Yeah. Hopefully there won't be fans on the pitch this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and yeah, look, what's, what have I written here? And then looking more broadly at the championship. Yeah. Do not remember by that. Um, to the relegated. Yeah, yeah, who's going up, who's going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So free, sorry, free to go up. Andy? West Brom? Fulham? I was going to say Sheffield United, but I think I'm going to go with Dino's prediction of QPR. Interesting. Dave? I think Fulham, West Brom, Bournemouth. Dean? West Brom, Fulham, QPR. And three to go down, Andy? Derby, Hull, Blackpool. Mm. Dave? Yeah, Blackpool, Derby. Uh, I'm going to say Luton. Interesting. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I had a fancy for Luton as well. Dean? Uh, Derby, Huddersfield, Blackpool is the three. Nice. What about yours, Tom? What, to go down? Yeah, well, all of them. So, what top the- goal scorer? <laughs> <laughs> right, I haven't even thought about this. Right, top goal scorer, Waggy. Cuff, go on. Best signing? Uh, Bright. Let us down? Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Breakthrough player? Not Jordan Thompson? Uh, Burrows. Uh, league position? 14th. Average attendance? 18k. Away day you're most looking forward to. Obviously, Fulham is the, the captain of our barge. I'm not here for Fulham, but yeah. Um, oh, we have I to find know. a new captain. I, I'll go with, oh, what, what am I looking for? Middlesbrough? Okay. 
home game? Uh, Forest on Sunday. Free to get promoted. Fulham, West Brom, Bournemouth. And free to go down. Derby, Blackpool and Peterborough. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Now we're going to move on and talk about the first six fixtures for the Sky Blues. Um, we obviously take on Nottingham Forest on Sunday. And then we play Barnsley, Blackpool, Reading, QPR and Middlesbrough in the first six games of the season. Um, not the worst run of fixtures to start the season, Dave. No, exactly. Um, you know, I think with Forest, we, we we do we do own one, and uh, it's going to be such an occasion. I think that hopefully it will be. You know, all of the occasion games, if you like, have always gone in our favour. You think back to the last game at Highfield Road. You think back to the first game at the Rico. It feels a little bit like that, and and I think we can get all three points there. I'm not sure Barnsley are going to be as good as they were last season. I think they punched above their weight, and and I think we could probably get something there. Um, Blackpool difficult on a on a on a Tuesday night, but yeah, Reading QPR tough, but definitely it's not the worst run. I think we can get some points. Yeah, I think what's going to be really important is to establish our home form. Obviously, we did really well at St Andrews last year, Andy. Um, where do you see those sort of vital first home wins coming? I think we'll be Forest. Um, like Dave said, I think when it is a big occasion, we always turn up, don't we? Um, you know, the first game back at the Rico against Gilling and we won, you know, the other first ever game of the Rico, we won. So I think when there's a big occasion, we always rise to the party. I think we'll beat Forest. I don't think they're particularly great. Like last season, how they got six points out of us was just absolute daylight robbery. So, but getting back to your original point, I think it's massively important that we can establish good home form because our away form was terrible last season. It wasn't very good at all. So it's important that we get off to a win against Forest and really establish and get that home form going straight away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dean, you'd have to say that looking at those games, they all look like ones where we could pick up points, really. Absolutely. Other than maybe QPR and Middlesbrough, I think they, they will be the tougher games of the six. But the, the other four, um, I can't see why no reason why we, to be honest, can't even pick up 12 out of those. I'm going to be very optimistic. Um, but yeah, you know, we should be, you know, we're established, we've established ourselves back in the championship now. We should be looking at teams and going, yeah, we, we can beat them. Um, I think we've got the assets to do it now. Yeah, absolutely. And just to briefly look into the game on Sunday in a little bit more detail. Um, obviously, Forest are a bit of a team in transition. They obviously appointed a new CEO in the summer and they've also got a new head of recruitment. They obviously haven't made as many signings as they usually do, but um, what can we expect from them on the pitch, Dean? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of been a fairly cautious approach um, from, from Forest this this season. Only a couple of incomings in Horvath and, and Cafu. Uh, it's not the Cafu, uh, I have to mention that. <laughs> but like you say, they're a bit of a team in transition. They've thinned down their squad. I think they're going to be reliant on quite a lot of young players this season. Um, the likes of Alex Mighton, he sticks out for me as being a really impressive youngster on the left side of midfield. I'm, I think he'll give Dabo a, a bit of a tough game on Sunday. Um, but yeah, like most most teams, they've really thinned out their squad. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have expected Forrest to, to sort of push for the playoffs this season. I have to say I disagree. I don't think they've got the quality to do that. Uh, they're really relied on the likes of Lewis Graben and, and Harry Arter as well in, in this team. So, and they're, they're sort of coming towards the twilight of, the, of their careers. So, 
Um, I don't think they'll they'll be they'll be pushing towards mm. the to both promotion players and and we owe them one like the guys have said yeah. two absolute awful results for for us last season they like robbery in both those games so let's just go out and give them a slap yeah that would be nice wouldn't it um, I'll grab some predictions Dave I think um, I can't see anything but a win um, I'm going to go two nil Andy two one Tom. Dean? 3-1. Four. Well, Waggy hat trick. <laughs> definitely, take, definitely take a win on the opening day. Um, lads, that's all we've got time for this evening. Thanks very much for your thoughts and contributions. I just want to quickly shout out the Cov Tweet League, which will once again be running this season. Anyone can enter and it's completely free to take part. Just search at Cov Tweet League on Twitter for all of the details. And also, all of you who have already entered, just make sure you get your predictions in before Sunday's game. Uh, thanks, as usual, to our sponsors, Shortland Horn, and do make sure you give them a follow across their socials. And as always, you can get involved in the conversation. Just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.